Cacophony, a good omens podfic, written by Entangled Now, read by Jab. Summary, in which Aziraphale has hidden talents, and Crowley is not prepared for them. Crowley comes back to himself with his face half shoved into a pillow. There's a damp patch under his open mouth and up his left cheek. He is still mourning, even though his orgasm is little more than twitching aftershocks at this point. His knees have given out entirely, but his ass is still half raised by the messy pile of pillows underneath him. Aziraphale's thumbs are drifting gently either side of his arsehole, where they'd only moments ago been holding him obscenely open. Where his perfectly put together and very particular angel had been shoving his wicked tongue, pressing and pushing and licking into him, with all the crazed enthusiasm of a starving man. While Crowley had shuddered and groaned and fisted the sheets and tried desperately to hold himself together. He knows damn well that it's a battle he'd lost. His ears are ringing, and his throat feels raw and hot, as if he'd been wailing or yelling at the end. Crowley gives a breathy moan and shifts his face to avoid suffocation. He finds the sheets on the bed torn under his loosely clenched hands. There's a crack in the plaster over his head, tiny shards and flecks of it speckling the pillows. And his wings are out, though he can't for the life of him remember when that happened. They are hanging limply on either side of him. He's fairly sure one of them smashed a lamp. He vaguely remembers the sound of it between his own filthy, strained noises of appreciation. Oh, sweet fucking Satan, he might as well admit it to himself. He'd been practically screaming at the end, hadn't he? He'd been shamelessly begging for it, shoving his ass back onto Aziraphale's tongue, with all the grace and self-control of a horny hellhound. He can still feel the slippery, wet, oversensitive ring of his anus, clenching and twitching desperately, abandoned and cold, after spending the last twenty minutes being lovingly fucking ruined by Aziraphale's beautiful, hot mouth and his greedy tongue and the occasional unexpected push and curl of his fingers. And now Crowley's lying in a messy puddle of his own cum, trembling and whimpering, half crushing his balls. And no one had touched his cock once. <clears throat> Are you back with me, my love? Aziraphale sounds amused. There's a soft, damp press of mouth to Crowley's buttock which he manages to croak another noise at, because even that feels unbearably sensitive. He tries again, something more accusing, because he thinks the angel has broken him. The bat moves underneath him when Aziraphale slowly slides up between his wings to kiss the curve of his jaw, his cheek, and then the curling, serpentine mark. I enjoyed that immensely, you beautiful thing you, though I will admit I didn't expect your appreciation to be quite so loud.
Crowley refuses to be embarrassed. Refuses. But I am, of course, extremely flattered. Aziraphale isn't even trying not to sound smugly pleased. Bastard angel. You were a veritable choir for me. Shut up. Crowley hisses into the pillow. His bid not to be embarrassed has failed utterly. I had to soundproof the entire shop before someone called the police, Aziraphale continues in a perfectly normal speaking voice, though you still cracked three of the windows and half the skylight. There are far too many words happening right now. It's unfair that Aziraphale can manage so much talking after doing such a truly spectacular job of melting all of Crowley's insides. Shut up! A warm hand slides up between his shoulders, in the sensitive valley of his spine, making his wings quiver and then settle, drawing a moan out of him. Aziraphale carefully moves them both until he can curve into Crowley's right side. The angel's beautiful, soft, naked form, a comforting weight against his own. Crowley feels his whole body relax into the pressure. Am I to assume that you enjoyed that then? Aziraphale still sounds far too pleased. Crowley loves him completely and utterly and is never going to have sex with him again. He huffs air into the pillow he hasn't quite managed to pull himself properly out of yet. It was fine, I guess, Crowley says grudgingly, because points have definitely been deducted for destroying his higher brain functions. Aziraphale gives a breathy laugh and wriggles closer, until they are sharing the same pillow. Crowley graciously allows him to tangle their legs together, even if he does still feel like he's made of overcooked pasta. He's too content to keep pouting, so he grumbles a thank you for the exceptional aura he was just aggressively subjected to, and accepts the kiss Aziraphale bestows upon him. They absorb each other's body heat for a while, Crowley feels deliciously ruined, and next time he's definitely going to ask Aziraphale to fuck him after, so he can feel the drag and push of a dick against his twitching, oversensitive rim. So he can feel the sensation of something shoved deep inside him, while he's still shaking and greedy for it. Possibly after the angel has gagged him, so he doesn't humiliate himself completely by letting the whole fucking neighborhood know he's been righteously seen to. But right now, he's feeling exceptionally, indulgently lazy, enjoying the debauched state the angel has left him in too much to demand anything else. Aziraphale is combing fingers through his hair, and it's nice enough that Crowley nudges a wing up, so it can get in on the action too, since they are already out anyway. His own are much less sensitive than the angels. They'd been burnt and broken too many times, and even used to deflect the odd vicious blow in hell. 
the depth of sensation just isn't there anymore, but he knows how much Xerophil enjoys it. There's something in the intimacy of it that thrills him. The angel's expression softens at the obvious offer, and he moves his hand from hair to wing. The first slow trail of fingers through his feathers is always tentative and careful, as if every time Crowley lets him do this, it's a gift. His wing still shivers in pleasure at the attention, since no one touches them but Aziraphale. I should have known you'd be stupidly good at that, Crowley reasons. You've been eating things for six thousand years. I believe that you're the first thing I've eaten that I wanted to please, Aziraphale says with a smile, as if he's not being impossibly lewd. That's never been a consideration before. Can't have the tartlets getting ideas, Holy says sensibly. Besides, I'm a jealous demon. I won't stand for it. It certainly would make dining out awkward, Aziraphale agrees. He says that, like dining out, isn't already sometimes a subtle test of Crowley's willpower. Watching the angel make noises of satisfaction and pleasure, while he puts things in his mouth. Crowley, white-knuckling a coffee cup or a fork, and feeling like he's about to self-immulate with lust. He'd thought actually being in a relationship with Aziraphale would stop all that. If anything, it's just made it worse, says the angel, who's never actually seen himself eat. He complains. Honestly, you're often the filthiest thing in a restaurant. I'm amazed we haven't been kicked out of places more often because of you causing a scene. The place with the lobster, specifically where Crowley was forced to watch Aziraphale lick garlic butter off his fingers and still be capable of conversation. You're projecting again, darling, Aziraphale says, as if he knows, as if he knows all of Crowley's tightly held and secret indulgences. Crowley hates it and also loves it. He hopes his grumbling noise of complaint manages to convey this in some manner. Shut up. You're taking me to dinner later, and I'm going to sit and watch you eat at least six courses, while remembering exactly what it felt like to have your tongue in me. Aziraphale exhales a long, pleased breath, arm tightening around Crowley's waist. Oh, yes, that sounds positively delightful. Let's do that. The end.